Well, happy Easter, everyone. So great you've decided to join us for this most special of Sunday services. I want to talk today about something that we have access to more than at any other time in history, and that is news. Now, when we talk about news, um, it's quite clear that not all news is the same. You know, we have bad news, we have good news. We have fake news and factual news. We have interesting news and really important news. As you saw from the video that we've just watched, you know, this last year, we've had an unprecedented amount, of course, of bad news, dominated by how this awful virus has impacted so many lives and livelihoods, you know, both locally, but also right around the world. But of course, it's not all been bad news. You know, even during this last year, we've had little rays of sunlight piercing the darkness. We've heard stories of how communities have rallied around and helped each other. You know, and we've heard amazing um, testimonies of how um, frontline workers have just done such an amazing job caring for so many people. And then, of course, in recent months, we've had the good news beginning to, to break through of this uh, vaccination program, how they developed these vaccines and the incredibly speedy rollout that we're enjoying uh, right now. But even now, um, there's, if you like, a bit of a tussle going on. If you can watch the news, sometimes it's all good news and then suddenly bad news pops, pops in. And we're left wondering, you know, is, is the bad news or the good news going to win out? Hopefully the latter. But even as this vaccination program rolls out, and it is a thoroughly good thing, I believe we just need to be aware that it's not actually certain and it's not going to, as it were, change every part of our lives. You know, thank God it will protect us against one physical virus. But it won't necessarily heal all the scars of the last 12 months. It won't deal with issues predating this last, last 12 months. And neither will the vaccine, as it were, um, help us with the opportunities and the challenges of life ahead. So, on this Easter Sunday... I want to give us all an opportunity to pause, take a step back from this swirl of bad news and good news, and focus on some really good news, on something that is more certain than the vaccine, on something that has greater power to change every part of our lives, both now and forever. I'm talking about the victory of Jesus Christ, how 2,000 years ago he died on the cross for our sins, was buried, and then triumphantly rose from the dead. And today we can celebrate this really good news. So there's a few things I want to just um, say about this news of the resurrection of Jesus, the victory of Jesus Christ. The first is that this news, it's not fake news, but it's factual news. Um, early in the pandemic, uh, there was a flurry of humorous fake news stories about how nature was healing due to the fact that people were staying at home and therefore the environmental impact was being dramatically reduced. Uh, one of my favorites is of a story of elephants who invaded a Chinese town. Uh, they ended up drinking corn wine, uh, getting drunk and passing out in fields. Another story at the same time was of dolphins um, kind of invading the canals of Venice. 
And the, you know, these stories were hugely popular. They went viral on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter, getting hundreds of thousands of likes and shares before being reported on as fact by multiple global news outlets. Sadly, of course, it was all debunked and found out as just being fake news. Now, I think that's just funny, but more serious is the fact that, you know, if we look at the news, it's hard to decipher, isn't it? How much of what we're hearing is fake news? How much of it is um, just spin? How much of it is media bias? And it can leave us feeling a bit kind of confused and disorientated. We don't really know who or what we can trust. Well, this really good news of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago is not fake news, it's based on actual historical fact. You say, how can we know this? We weren't there. No, but what we do have is a wealth of historical evidence. We have more evidence, for example, for the person of Jesus uh, from both Christian and non-Christian sources than any other ancient historical figure. And one of the best sources for the resurrection of Jesus is found in the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Corinth in uh, chapter 15 of that letter. You, you heard an extract of it at the beginning of the service. Let me just read you a portion again. Paul talks about how he wants to remind these first century Christians about the good news, or we could say in today's service, the really good news on which you stand. What he's saying here is that this, this good news of the resurrection of Jesus is not fake, it's really factual. It's something reliable. It's something secure. It's something we can stand on. It's even something we can base our whole lives on. This is not just, as it were, a feeling or an interpretation. This is actual fact. And then he goes on and says why it's so reliable. He says, for I shared with you what I have received and what is of utmost importance. This is a really important piece of evidence because Paul is actually saying it's not just something I made up, it's not just Paul's interpretation, it's the fact that he received something right back from near the, the events themselves, almost certainly from the first disciples who were eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Jesus. And then Paul goes on and he talks about what, what are the key facts? What are these events of first importance? He says three things. Firstly, that Jesus the Messiah died for our sins, that he was buried in a tomb, and thirdly, that he was raised from the dead after three days. And then if you read on um, in, the, in the rest of this chapter, we see that Paul then gives a list of the various eyewitnesses of the physical resurrection of Jesus. There are individuals, there are groups, there are followers of Jesus, there are skeptics and there are opponents. All of them would say that in some way they had seen the once dead, now alive Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And what I love about this little list that Paul gives is that on one occasion he talks about how Jesus appeared to 500 followers all at the same time. And then he adds this lovely little phrase, most of whom are still living. In other words, what Paul's saying here to this church is, you know, uh, if, if you don't believe this, you can check these people out. Many of them are still um, alive today. And the fact that so many people saw Jesus, the fact that they were from all different kinds of backgrounds over a long period of time, um, actually debunks the whole idea that maybe they were just hallucinating. 
They weren't even just having a spiritual appearance of Jesus. No, they were actually encountering the risen Jesus Jesus Christ. Now, that may raise all kinds of questions for you, and you may say, I want to check out the evidence more. Well, in which case, I would strongly recommend that you go on the Alpha course that we heard about um, earlier on in the service. But for now, the first point I want to make is that these events, this really good news... It's not fake news, it's factual news. It actually happened. We can depend on it, we can rely on it. That's the first thing. But of course, the fact that it actually happened doesn't actually tell us why it's really good news. And that's what I want to briefly share right now. Because the second thing about this really good news is it's not just interesting news, but it's infinitely important news. Every Saturday morning, I go out for my walk, and I come back, and um, I buy a weekend paper for my wife, Karen. And when I get back, um, I normally um, you know, read first. I, I'll just skim through the pages. And um, I'll look at the important headlines. I'll miss loads of boring bits, including all the magazines. And then I go to the really interesting bit, which, of course, are the sports pages, particularly if it's got an article on Man City, which over the last few months has been almost entirely good news. Uh, You know, occasional blips, but it's been amazingly good news. Oh, happy day. Um, But the point is, I focus on what I find interesting. Karen then comes down and she starts reading the paper and she reads virtually every section. She finds the whole paper interesting, including the magazines. The one thing she never reads are the sports pages. Now, what's the point? Well, the point is that, you know, we both have different interests, but both of us actually focus on the thing that's important, which, are, which is the key headlines. When it comes to the events of the first Easter, this really good news, can I say it's not just interesting news, it's not even just important news. Paul says here in 1 Corinthians 15 that this news... These events of the first Easter are events of the utmost or the first importance. In other words, they are critically important. It reminds me of a famous quote by C.S. Lewis who said this, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if true, it's of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. Well, we've just established that Christianity is not fake, it's not false, it's true, it actually happened. Jesus really did rise from the dead. So if that's the case, then by implication, it is infinitely important. And the question is why? Two things. Firstly, because when we believe and receive the good news of Jesus, um, it is completely life-changing. If you again go back to Paul's account in 1 Corinthians 15, he gives a list of a number of individuals whose lives were changed. People like Peter, um, who was a follower of Jesus, who failed. People like James, the half-brother of Jesus, who was a skeptic, who was changed by the resurrection. There are others like, um, you know, in the Gospels, like Mary Magdalene. Many different people, and every time, Somebody met the risen Jesus Christ. Their life was completely turned around. And then Paul gives himself, if you like, the supreme example of somebody whose life was turned around. 
Uh, you, you may have heard of a Damascus Road experience or Damascus Road conversion. The Apostle Paul was somebody who was zealous, but for the wrong cause. He was, it were, going on this journey um, to Damascus, basically to persecute and kill Christians when he has an encounter with the risen Jesus. And as a result, his life is totally turned around. As he were, he goes back the different direction and becomes one of the greatest followers of Jesus Christ through history. And Paul's saying, look at how my life was changed. What I love about this passage here in 1 Corinthians 15 is Paul's not just saying something happened to me then. He says that something happened to me then that's still affecting my life today. Paul is writing 1 Corinthians 15 probably about 17 or 18 years after he became a Christian. And he basically says, even now, the resurrection power of Jesus is still helping me. He puts it like this. Right now, by the grace of God, I am what I am. In other words, God's free, unmerited favor didn't just save me, didn't just forgive me, didn't just turn my life around when I became a Christian. This grace of God, this resurrection life and power is still changing my life today. And that's so encouraging. You see, sometimes... Um, you know, people can almost count themselves out. They can think, well, I'm, as it were, beyond the pale. I'm beyond redemption. Um, I'm, I'm just not a likely candidate to become a Christian. Well, look at the Apostle Paul. He was one of the most unlikely candidates of all. Um, and yet Jesus came and he changed him and turned his life around. In you know, a short while, I want to give an opportunity. If you don't know Jesus, you can experience Jesus. Every single one of us can experience Jesus. If the Apostle Paul received Jesus, then so can you and so can I. But this message is not just encouraging, as it were, for the start of our Christian journey. The Apostle Paul is an example who many years later was still experiencing the resurrection power of the living Jesus on the inside of you. See, Because if Jesus is alive, when you become a Christian, as it were, you are born again and you receive the same resurrection power that raised Jesus physically from the dead, you, as it were, come alive spiritually. <clears throat> that means right now. This is super good news. It means that if you're feeling a bit weak or tired, you have resurrection power on the inside of you. If you have um, relationships or a marriage or a situation you're battling with and struggling with, can I say the risen Jesus is here. Uh, if you're a Christian, he's on the inside of you. He wants to help you and strengthen you. Maybe right now you're struggling with a situation of work or ministry and like the Apostle Paul, you can turn to Jesus and experience fresh motivation and strength. Jesus Christ is alive. Resurrection power is on the inside of us. And one of the ways that we actually celebrate what it means to be a Christian is through baptism. You know, all through history, um, people have encountered the Lord Jesus Christ, not physically as the Apostle Paul did and the early apostles, but by the Holy Spirit. And they could say that their lives have been changed. And what we do when we become baptized, what somebody does when they become baptized is they're actually saying publicly, I now choose to follow Jesus. And baptism, as you'll just see in a moment, is a wonderful picture of when somebody becomes a Christian, they, as, as the people go under the water, it's symbolic of the fact that just as Jesus died on the cross and was buried in the tomb, so they have died to their old life. They are, their old life is buried and then they rise up as Jesus rose up 
with glorious resurrection life. And um, just recently, we had some people baptized, and the two of them are just going to share their story. So please watch this. Hi, my name is Tara. Um, in my teens, I was quite wayward, um, and I was a very anxious person, just worried a lot, had a lot of self-doubt. At university, um, one of my friends passed away and that was a real low in my life. At work, I was struggling a little bit with different things and uh, one of my friends said, we'll pray. Then she suggested to come to Kingsgate and we came and I just felt like I was just so happy to be here a really lovely service and I felt like God was talking to me throughout the whole service and just got goosebumps and like electric was running through my veins. At the end I decided to walk to someone for prayer and her name was Joy and that was just amazing. I just felt like I was walking to Joy. Jesus has changed my life. Since then I've just feel so much happier in myself. I feel a lot less anxious, a lot less worrisome, and have a lot less self-doubt. I just know that he has amazing things for me in store. I feel rooted like a tree, like nothing can break me now. Like I, I feel like I've got a purpose and I need to just follow God and he will provide for me what it is we need. And yeah, just feel like I won't be moved by little things that might get in the way. Hi, my name is Colin. I grew up in South Africa in a Christian family where we were told to go to church. It had no meaning to me, but we were told to go. Only later in life did I realize what Christianity meant to me. My wife and I immigrated to UK in 1998. I lost my way a bit. I almost lost my family, almost lost everything. My family back home were pushing me to do Alpha. And because I was in a low, low place. I never listened to them until one day I said, right, I'm going to give it a go. I came to Kingsgate, signed up for Alpha, and that changed my life. On Alpha Day, the leaders were praying for me, and I decided to give my life to God then. It was such a moving experience for me. I was very skeptical by nature to see what happened when people are being prayed for. I asked God for a signal while praying for me. By God's Spirit, I was moved, next to Daniel, in tears, laying on the floor. I knew I had experienced something really amazing, and that's when I knew I'm ready to get baptized. Since then, my friends at work have noticed a huge change in my persona, my demeanor. I'm so much calmer, I listen more. I'm not an aggressive person that I always was, and I don't think that would have happened if Jesus hadn't entered my life. Well, I don't know about you, but I love those stories. You know, uh, firstly, Tara, how she went from being somebody who's anxious, and then by the end of her story, we heard that expression, how she felt rooted, not somebody who's now easily moved by the circumstances of life. And then Colin, how, you know, he was somebody who was a skeptic and aggressive, and now he's, a, he's calm, and he's a believer in Jesus Christ. The point is that when we receive the risen Jesus Christ into our lives, he can totally change our lives now for the better. 
something that happens when we first become a Christian, but the ongoing help and resurrection life of Jesus in every one of our lives. And in one sense, we could finish there, and that would be really good news. Uh, Receiving Jesus means our lives can be totally transformed. But actually, the point that the New Testament makes, and what Paul is really driving at in 1 Corinthians 15, is that actually the really good news of the resurrection of Jesus isn't just for this life, but it's actually going to last for all eternity. You see, our lives on earth, as important as they are, are really brief. And when you factor in, if you like, our lives now compared to eternity, it's a really, really short space of time. But the great news of the resurrection of Jesus is it's not only completely life-changing, but it also is eternally life-giving, eternally life-giving. You know, for the past year, we've been bombarded, haven't we, with daily death certificates, many dying and many more bereaved as a result. Um, But maybe this has highlighted for some of us the reality of our own mortality. So the question is, what happens then when we die? Well, many people, of course, think um, nothing happens. We live, we die, that's it. So why bother? Others think, well, there's some kind of reincarnation. We do come back, but in some kind of a different form. Others believe in some kind of almost like spiritualized future. Um, some kind of maybe place called heaven up there. We're not quite sure what happens, but we continue to exist, but just in some kind of spiritual form. But actually, the resurrection of Jesus tells us that our eternal future is actually far more wonderful. For those who put their trust in Jesus Christ, there's a far better hope. Imagine for a moment having a body that never gets tired or sick or ages, that sounds good, or decays, or dies. Imagine living in a perfect society where there's no more selfishness, there's no more division, there's no more injustice, there's no more separation, loneliness, or poverty. Imagine living in a world that somehow, like this world with all that's good, but where pandemics and climate change and all that's destructive no longer exists. That's what the resurrection of Jesus Christ promises and guarantees for all who follow him. You see, the promise of the New Testament is that because one man 2,000 years ago in the middle of history triumphed over physical death, so all his followers when he comes back will also be resurrected like him. Um, The Apostle Paul puts it this way in another one of his letters in Romans chapter 8 verse 11. He says this, yes, God raised Jesus to life and since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. In other words, when you become a Christian, you receive the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It gives you life now, but then on the final day, that same Holy Spirit will raise you up with a glorious resurrection. So the promise is this. This is the really good news. That when Jesus comes back, all his followers will receive new bodies. Bodies that are physical, but are transformed in some way like Jesus' body was transformed. The promise is that we will be part of a new society. 
a community filled with perfect people where there's harmony, there's peace, there's love, there's joy, there's ultimate unity with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and all his people. And then thirdly, we will enter into, as it were, a new world, a new heavens on a new earth. As our speaker for next week, Andrew Ollerton, puts it, puts it like this. We'll enter a new world where all of life is vibrant with color and beauty, more solid and physical than we've dared to imagine. A pristine new creation with rivers, mountains, beaches and trees, more than enough to satisfy energetic kids and adventurous adults. This is our ultimate destination. And on that day when Jesus comes back and all this happens, new bodies, a new society and a new world, there'll be a final victory shout. <laughs> Paul talks about it at the end of his letter to 1 Corinthians. He says, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this is really good news. And Andrew will unpack more of what this looks like next week. But for now, I want to emphasize that this eternal hope, this eternally life-giving power of Jesus' resurrection, this promise of our eternal future is something that's not just something we wait for, but it's something that give, can give us confidence and comfort in the here and now with all the challenges of life. As I want to show you in a brief story from one of our Kingsgate families. Please watch this. It was 2016. I was sitting in the sitting room with my husband, Sammy McCauley. All of a sudden, headache appeared from nowhere. Ended up to be something very serious. He ended up in Addisbrook Hospital, diagnosed of brain hemorrhage. Sammy was in, in this coma for a few months. The doctor's reports were saying that Sammy will never walk again, Sammy will never talk, Sammy will never regain all his memory. But God be the glory, Sammy recovered and beyond. Unfortunately, even after making a full recovery a couple years later, my dad unexpectedly passed away. Uh, for me, my heart genuinely sunk just hearing the words, time of death from the paramedic. It was a surreal feeling for my entire family. <sighs> yeah, it was just... The air was filled with silence, complete stillness at the time, and just the overwhelming love that poured in from the Kingsgate family. It felt like a big hug, that a spiritual hug that was needed it was really needed at the time. Despite feeling a sense of loss and grief at the time, I had an overall sense of peace and calmness because my dad had confidence in his faith and he believed in God and he knew that there was hope for eternal life, which makes me really confident that I'm going to be able to see him again in the future. Eternal hope is a beautiful thing, especially in the context of losing my dad. Um, I really feel like it helped put a lot of things into perspective for us as a family. Um, and the Bible talks about hope, how it's a part of faith. Um, Hebrews specifically says that 
Faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance in what we do not see. And for me, that just meant that, you know, I can be confident that my dad lived his life here and fulfilled his purpose. I can be confident that he's in a better place as well. And I can be assured that as a family, we'll be reunited again later on in life. Um, And also that there will be no more sadness. There'll be no more pain. And I feel like that's our confident eternal hope. What a wonderful story of such confidence and such comfort in the midst of such uh, tragedy. And of course, the source of their assurance as a family is they don't just know about the good news of Jesus. They've personally received Jesus Christ by the power of of his Holy Spirit. I believe it's so important for all of us that we personally receive too. Let let me give you an example relating to the vaccine. You know, I heard about the good news of the vaccine many months ago. And when I started hearing the news, I thought, that's good news. (laughs) I believe that if I got the jab, it would really protect me. But it wasn't until I responded to the invitation to go down to the clinic a couple of weeks ago and I actually offered up my arm and I allowed the injection to go into my arm that I actually began to benefit from the effectiveness of the vaccine in protecting me against the virus. And it's a little bit like that with the victory of Jesus and his resurrection. It's not enough just to know about the good news or even to think, oh, that would really help. No, we have to personally, as it were, appropriate the resurrection power of Jesus. And just like, you know, when I received uh, the, the jab, I didn't immediately feel the protection. I knew it was gonna happen. So when we pray and we invite Jesus Christ into our lives, whether we actually feel anything or not spiritually, the fact of the matter is, if in faith we open up our hearts to the Lord Jesus, he will come in and he will change our lives both now and forever. And so what I want to do is I want to give an opportunity for any of you who've either not received Jesus at all. I want to um, lead you in a simple prayer, similar to something I prayed uh, sort of many, many decades ago, a prayer of inviting Jesus to come into your life for the first time. But for others of you, it may be you need almost like a booster. (laughs) Not because when you first prayed and invited Jesus Christ, somehow his power wasn't enough, but because sometimes we can turn away from Jesus. And it may be just even in recent months, even just this last year. Maybe you've just um, let your faith uh, dim and you've, you've turned your back on him. Maybe you've allowed stuff to come in and you've been struggling and battling to follow Jesus. Well, today I want to give you an opportunity to open up your heart again, to recommit your life to him and invite his resurrection power to do a new thing in your life right now. So what I want to do is I want to invite you, wherever you are, to pray along with me. I'm gonna pray. Uh, you might like to just... Um, open up your hands in a, in a posture of receiving and just pray along with me to a real living Lord Jesus Christ who wants to come into your life by his Holy Spirit right now. So let's pray together. Risen Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you for your victory, for your death on the cross for my sins and for rising from the dead that I might have new life both now and forever. This day, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me, 
transform me and fill me with your resurrection, life, love, and power. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, if you received that, um, that, that gift of the Holy Spirit, if you received and prayed that for the very first time, I want to congratulate you and celebrate with you. Also, I want to just congratulate any of you who prayed that as a way of recommitting your life to the Lord. But what you prayed there, as it were, is the start of a journey or the start of a new journey. And so what we want to do at Kingsgate is we want to help you take next steps in your spiritual journey. You know, we've got uh, people who would be, love to pray with you or love to help you answer any questions. We've also got some resources that we'd love to give you. Um, you can see them on the screen there. And so that you can access those resources or receive prayer or talk with somebody, you know, why not just follow the link on the screen or just text in right now? But for all of us, I would just like to pray before we close. You know, right now you may need God's help and God's power and God's strength. So let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to pray for every single person watching. I pray, Lord, for those who are sick or feeling physically weak, that right now you would come upon them with your resurrection power. I pray, Lord, that you'll heal them and strengthen them in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, for any who are feeling emotionally or mentally weary, worn down, disappointed, discouraged. I pray, Lord, that the resurrection power of Jesus would cause them to have fresh confidence and comfort in his wonderful name. I pray, Lord, for those who are battling in any area of relationships or work, that your resurrection power and life would strengthen them in Jesus' name. I pray for all of us, Lord, that as we look to the future, we thank you, Lord, that you're going to give us a new confidence, both now and forever. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, so glad you decided to join us today. Hope that's been helpful and encouraging. Love to see you next week. But before we go, uh, we're going to finish by singing just a wonderful um, short song celebrating the fact that Jesus Christ is our living hope. Let's sing this.